0: God is good all the time. Amen. And look, just, just, uh, just like Weston, if you want to talk to me after the service, I'm available, okay? I'd love to have you come down during the invitation if you want to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, but if you want to wait till after, the invitation never stops. So call me uh, after, after church. Come by, see me. Tell me you want to... You want to talk or whatever it is, and we'll be—I will make myself available to you. Now he came up to me after—it's been probably uh, a month and a half now, maybe. So he came up to me and he says, uh, "I wanna—I wanna talk to you. <laughs> I, I need to talk to you." And so uh, Miss Amanda came in with me, and, uh, and and we we all sat down and talked together, Landon as well, and, and we talked with him, and. Um, he knew uh, what he needed to do. And, you know, there's there's something about a childlike faith. He knew what he needed to do. Now, when we get a little bit older, we get kind of scared of doing that. We think that we know better or we're we're worried about what other people think and that sort of thing. Don't let that keep you away from the Lord Jesus Christ because they can't help you out of hell. Only Jesus can. So this morning... Uh, take your Bible and turn with me to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. I was really excited this morning, and have been and and will be. I'm I'm excited now. I told somebody this morning, if I get any more excited, I might bust. So if I bust all over y'all, y'all just wipe it off and keep going, okay? I got hot a while ago, um, so I had to go and take my sweater vest off. Uh, you know why I wear sweater vests, Mr. Roger? You know why I wear sweater vests? I found another good reason to wear a sweater vest today. It's because you don't have to iron your shirt <laughs> when you put that on. But I had to take mine off so my shirt may be wrinkly today. Bridget tells me they make me look smarter and I need all the help I can get. So, that's, uh, And they're warm. And when you get a little older, you need that sometimes. John chapter 12, in our study that we've been going through, Uh, of the Gospel of John, we make it here to John chapter 12. And last week, or a couple of weeks ago, we covered up to verse 31. And so now we're going to begin in verse 32, and we're going to go through the end of the chapter. The title of the message this morning is, How Much Longer? How Much Longer? In our uh, Bible study last night for kingdom marriage, I think all the, all the couples that came last night were surprised about the content. Uh, it may not have been what we thought it was going to be about couples getting along better and that sort of thing. It is that, but it gets back to the, the root of the problem, the, the very source. So if you did not attend and would like to attend, come next Saturday night because it's just getting better. What I shared with them last night, though, and one of the things is the, the studies that I have done this week, and one of the things that I was reading, it talked about the rapture. And it got me excited about the rapture and thinking about what's going to happen and praising the Lord. We have that hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. But it also burdened my heart for those who reject Jesus. So in this passage of Scripture, what we see here is Jesus kind of laying it out for us and saying, get ready, because it's coming. So we're going to begin reading in verse 32, and we'll read down through verse 50 together, and then we're going to back up and we're going to discuss the idea of, of how much longer. Verse 32 reads, And I... If I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying by what death he would die. The people answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. And how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus said to them, A little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. But although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him. That the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts, and turn, so that I should heal them. These things Isaiah said, When he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me does not reject my words, which has... Uh, has he who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command that I should say and what I should do, or what I should speak. And I know that His command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. This morning, in Jesus' words, I'm reminded of the admonition of Jesus to be ready. Because we see the sign of the times. Because we know how our world and where our world is headed. How our world behaves. Before I pray, I want to mention this to you. My wife pulled up a a prayer that opened up a city council somewhere in Florida for me to watch this week. Now whenever they announced the prayer, there were several people in the, the, the meeting hall that got up and left out. And this person began by praying, addressing his prayer to Mother Earth to Buddha, to Allah. And throughout the the prayer, referenced Jesus in a derogatory way. And then at the end, instead of an amen, he said, and so what? How much longer would the Lord put up with this? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our God and King, as we have set aside this time this week to come and gather in Your presence and to hear Your Word and to feel You, worship You, praise You, we come together right now asking for You to speak to us and direct us, help us to prepare for the days ahead. Your urgings, Lord Jesus, about being ready. Father, my heart breaks for those who reject You time and time again, and will You draw them to Yourself for salvation. I thank You and praise You so much for Weston as he has uh, professed Christ as Lord and Savior. He's unashamed to be Your child. And I pray, Father, that as we look at the times that we're in, that we will get ready, that You will open the eyes of the blind, and that You will draw those to Yourself that need your salvation today. Our God and King, we bow before you because you are our all in all. Forgive us this morning and bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in this passage of Scripture, the very first uh, verse in verse 32 that we're looking at, Jesus said, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. In this, Jesus, we're talking about lifting up And drawing Jesus said this in in indicating verse 33 says this he said signifying by what death he would die he was prophesying once again that he was going to die and how he would die they understood it because of what they said afterwards he was saying I'll be lifted up on a cross and they says wait a minute we've read that the Christ is supposed to live forever so how can you say the Christ is gonna die and who is he anyway Jesus was telling them that it was Him. And they were rejecting Him. Jesus was foretelling His death and He was saying, I am going to be lifted up on the cross. And He was just a few days from this moment. And the Scripture says, when He is lifted up, He's going to draw all men to Him. And think about exactly what happened. There were already those who were of the Pharisees and Sadducees, and already those who um, were believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, they didn't want to profess Him openly because they were afraid to upset the apple cart in their life, which, by the way, Jesus is going to do that anyway, in a good way, not a bad way. Now, whenever He is lifted up, He draws people to Himself. That's what He told them. The reason that He was lifted up on the cross was to die in my place. To die for our sins, each one of us, the whole world. Every person who has ever lived, that's why He went to the cross. To die for us, to pay the price that we couldn't pay. And He says, with that love, the love of the cross, He would draw all men to Him. And He has, down through the ages. And the church's purpose, our purpose is to lift up Jesus. So that whenever we lift Him up, whenever we make much of Jesus and not ourselves, and not of the church, not of the programs of the church, but when we lift Him up, He will be famous in our community. He will be drawing people to Himself. He will be saving people. He will be ministering to people. When we make much of Jesus, when we lift Him up as the King of kings and Lord of lords, as the Savior of all, then what is going to happen is people will hear, people will see Jesus moving in His people, and they will be convicted of their sins, and they will run to Jesus. You see... What they're they're seeing is the Lord Jesus Christ. They're, They're looking at us, but they should be seeing Jesus. Now, if we're pointing to ourselves, they're not seeing Jesus. If we're pointing to the church, they're not seeing Jesus. But if we point to Him, they will look upon Him and know that He is accomplishing His purpose in and through us. So, folks, Jesus says, if I'm lifted up, from the earth will draw all peoples to myself. You know, ten years ago, we sat in a meeting right over there in the fellowship hall. I, I was meeting with the church and and uh, talking to them about the possibility of me coming as pastor. And one of the questions was said, "What are you? What is your plan for the church?" And I understand the the, the question, I do, but it's actually the wrong question. The plan that I had for the church is the same plan that I've got today. Obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't tell you where we're going to be in five years because my ideas are too limited. My thoughts are too limited. But what God wants, that's what I want. Today, tomorrow, Ten years from now, 20 years from now, what we need, what we've got to do is seek to lift Him up first and foremost, and then He is going to draw all peoples to Himself. You see, I can't grow the church. I had a pastor friend one time. He had just been called into the area where I was serving, and he says, man, I can grow a church. I said, really? Really? He said, yep, I got seven kids. So when I move in, we move the membership up by nine. So that's his idea of growing the church. But, but he was being funny about it, and that's what he meant. He said, man, I can grow a church. And I, and I was thinking to myself, you just stepped into a position that's not yours. And then he told me the joke behind it. Because it's not about us. It is about him. When we lift him up, he does his work in us, and allows us to be a part of it. Being being a partner with the King of kings and Lord of lords, being being a ministry advocate, a a person who, who helps out, even a gopher in the kingdom of God is better than the executive in the secular world. God wants us to lift Him up so that He can exalt us in due time. God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is to be exalted. Now, understanding in our world today that that's not happening. By and large, our society is turning away from God. But, God will not be ignored. When we lift Him up, He's going to make Himself known. In, the, in verse 35, Jesus' first idea was about being lifted up and drawing people to himself. And then he said this. Uh, of course, the people kind of got off track because he was mentioning his death. And he had told them many times before that he was going to die. He was going to sacrifice himself for the sins of the people. And this... They, they got off track a little bit and says, we've heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. Well, He does. He always has been. He always will be. But He came as a human man, fully God, fully human, and gave His life so that we could have life. So Jesus kind of directed them back to the, the real purpose of Him speaking. He said in verse 35, A little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. So Jesus is mentioning two things here. He's talking about the light and the darkness. Remember last week we were talking about a void in us whenever we're not exalting god as king whenever he's not on the king of uh, on the throne of our life of our of our person then somebody else will be on that throne and it's not who we think it is it's not ourselves it's actually satan so now jesus is saying here this the light versus the darkness he says walk while you have the light and if not if you're not walking in the light then darkness is going to overtake you. We think, the majority of the people think, that I'm not following Satan, but I'm not following God. You're wrong. If you're not following God, then you are following Satan. Because that's rebellion against God, which is exactly why Satan became Satan. He was the anointed cherub. He was in charge of worship of Almighty God. and Instead, he wanted to be worshipped, and he was thrown out. He rebelled against God. And when we rebel against God, we are following Him. There's only two masters, and you know it. Jesus says, without the light, the darkness will overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. Think about the truth of what he just said. If you're not walking in the light, you don't understand where you're headed. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. Jesus is saying, hey, he just announced his death. What was going to happen, I'm going to be lifted up. And he says, I'm only going to be here a little while longer. Rejoice in the light while the light is available. And now we're about 2,000 years past His sacrificial death for us. How much longer do you think He's going to wait for you to give your heart and life to Him? To submit yourself to Him? How much longer do you think his, His patience is infinite, but there can come a time where He will turn you over to your evil desires? to your selfishness, to your rebellion against Him. Without the light, darkness overtakes you. But Jesus says, please. He says, while the light is available, be a son of light. Accept it. Receive it. Instead of walking in darkness, receive the light. Because when you're walking in darkness, you don't know where you're headed. Uh, we, we have the idea that hell is, and it's the, the truth, hell is there. But we've got a, a wrong mentality about hell. I've heard people say when they get to hell, they're going to party up, or they're going to party down with whomever uh, has gone on before them, they're going to party. Yeah, right. You go try to party in the midst of a bonfire, and that's just a spark compared to hell. They don't understand that their rebellion against Almighty God is going to cost them everything and lead them to a lifetime, an infinite time of torture, torment. Jesus said, become a son of light. Submit yourself to the light. Therefore, you will have life. Now, in the scripture from verse 37 through 41, it talks about the Old Testament scriptures about those who would not believe. And he says some of them couldn't believe because God had already turned them over to their rebellion. They wouldn't believe. And just like Pharaoh in the Old Testament, who wouldn't let the Israelites go, God showed Pharaoh that he was more powerful than all of Pharaoh's gods, but Pharaoh still was hard-hearted and hard-headed and rejected God, and it cost him everything. So we go on to verse 42. We first looked at Jesus saying, lift it up and and drawing all people to himself. He he contrasted the light and the darkness, and he was urging us to receive the light. And now he's going to be talking about faith and judgment. In verse 42, nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. but But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. They were believers. They believed what Jesus said, but they weren't willing to go all the way with Jesus until His death, burial, and resurrection. And then the Scripture says that many of them were joining the church in in the book of Acts. Now, going forward, verse 44, Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in Me believes not in Me, but in Him who sent Me. And he who sees me, sees he, him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world, that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And he goes on. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. In the, in the, the, the context of faith and judgment... Jesus says the first time that He came, He didn't come to judge the world at that time. He came to save the world at that time. He came as the Savior, the sacrificial Lamb for our sins. He came to save the world. And He said soon, in the same same sentence, I do not judge the world... For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Now go back, or go down just a little bit to verse 48. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. The word that Jesus spoke was that you need to be sons and daughters of light. You need to reject wickedness, get out of the darkness, come into the light, and receive Jesus as Lord. He says, I'm the Lord. I'm the Savior. He was telling them that He was the Messiah. And if you reject that, then you, then you walk in darkness. And what Jesus has spoken, the words of God, will judge you on the last day. The last day. Whether that be the end of the world or the last time your heart beats here on this, this earth. The last day. The last day, after our heart stops beating or we stop taking breath, we will be in the presence of Almighty God, and that is our, that's is our—that's the end point for us. There's no more decisions to be made. Rejecting God up until that point means that when you stand before Him, His Word is going to judge you. This Word where he says, become sons of light. And when you reject him, you have told God, I don't want your light. I love the darkness. And Jesus said, if you're walking in darkness, you don't really understand where you're going. But you will. Because he is going to say, depart from me for I never knew you. And he will command that you go to the place of torment where the flame never dies and the, worm is ne- uh, the flame is never quenched and the worm never dies, where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, where there's outer darkness that will never end. And then he says this, For I have not spoken on my own authority. But the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. He says, what God said, what God has spoken, is going to judge you on the last day. And then in Matthew chapter 28, after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, you know what he said to the, the disciples? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. King of kings, Lord of lords. The one who you will stand before and bow the knee to one day. Jesus says this wonderful thing in verse 50. And I know that His command is everlasting life. His command that you become a son or daughter of light, His command for you to repent and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, means everlasting life. It's a gift from Him. When you submit to Him and receive His light, receive His forgiveness, receive that everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. John 3, 17 in Acts chapter 2 verse 40 Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost and there was many people that cried out and says you know we we understand what you're saying what must we do and he said first repent and be baptized and then he said or then the scripture says of him and with many other words he testified and exhorted them saying be saved from this perverse this wicked generation Be saved from it. Because he said, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This morning as we look at this passage of Scripture, Jesus was talking about giving His life, about drawing people to Himself, about only that we will have the light just a little bit longer and that one day we will stand before Him in judgment if we are not sons and daughters of the light. So how much longer? How much longer do we have? The Scripture talks about the the rapture, And it says it's going to come upon us as a thief in the night. We're not going to know when it's going to happen. We can see the signs of the times and prepare for it, but we're not going to know the hour. We're not going to know the day. We may not even know the month, but what we see right now is that the fig tree is turning to buds. And it's leaving out. And we know that it's the time when all of the Scriptures are going to come to a climax. When all the prophecies about Jesus' coming is going to come to a head and He is coming to take His church home with Him. But how much longer until then? And do you have enough time to repent? I tell you, you may not. How many people today do you know that have passed... In the last little while, thinking that they had time. I pray and hope that they knew Jesus as Lord and Savior because that was the last day for them. But you have today, you have now. And the scripture says today's the day of salvation. Now, today is the day for us to be redeemed because. Tomorrow is not promised. So how much longer will you try to hold out against God? How much longer will you rebel against His grace and His mercy, His love? Last night we were talking about the ideas of total commitment to God and the fact that our marriages the purpose of marriage and pers- purpose of life is to exalt Almighty God. has nothing to do with our happiness, has nothing to do with our goals, our strengths or our weaknesses. It has everything to, with, to do with what God wants to do through you and in you. So this morning, don't wait another day. Don't wait another minute. When the invitation is given, simply step out into the aisle and come down here and say I need Jesus I need his salvation I need his forgiveness of sins I need everlasting life I don't want darkness I don't want rebellion I don't want the sin that I live in I want Jesus would you do that when you do that Jesus says you shall be saved let's pray together please Heavenly Father Father Bowing before you is a pleasure. It's an awesome experience, an awesome privilege. We ask for your will to be done in this place right now. Thank you for the mercy and grace that you have extended unto us right now, being long-suffering to us. But, Father, those of us that need to be saved, draw them to yourself. Help them to understand the truth of the message. And that their need for your salvation. And as they come to you, Father, I know that you're going to save them. So, Father, you have your way with us today. You accomplish your purpose in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand for a hymn of invitation. Hymn number 324.